Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kamidogu Podcast. I am Christopher Beljanovsky, and joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Toasty. Toasty! So glad to be with you once again. And if you're new here, what we do is we simply share our love of Mortal Kombat, whether it be through interviews or discussions about various topics. This podcast was born during the pandemic, when remote podcasting became the norm. While we do everything within our power to deliver a high-quality product, there are times when things don't quite go to plan. Aside from the massive time difference between myself, Toasty, and our guests being a challenge in itself, sometimes electronics have a mind of their own. (laughs) And regardless of these issues, the show must go on, and so we hope you greatly enjoy today's episode. Greetings, combatants. Thanks for joining us today. Mortal Kombat 1995 has always made waves and continues to hold up as being one of the, if not the, greatest video game movie worldwide. This classic contained one of my favorite fight scenes out there, that being Liu Kang versus Reptile. With impressive choreography, vicious energy, and blood-pumping music, this was inevitably a fight sequence that would be left imprinted into one's brain. The man behind the green costume is Master Keith Hirabayashi Cook, a man who is half Japanese and made his mark in the karate, taekwondo, and wushu circuits. Keith has been fortunate enough to be inducted into the official Kung Fu Magazine's Hall of Fame. Whether he's slithering around as reptile or not, he also packs a pretty cold punch. Keith took on the role as the younger Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Be sure to check out some of his other work in action-packed titles such as China O'Brien, Beverly Hills Ninja, and the King of the Kickboxers. It is nothing short of an honor to have him join us today. Without further ado, let's continue over to today's interview. And here we are. No longer invisible to the public, we are now joined by the real reptile himself, Keith Cook. Thank you so much for sliding over to Kamidoga today, man. It really means a lot. My pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me. Uh, to start off today, before we dive into the specifics of Mortal Kombat, could you inform us how you developed a passion for martial arts in the first place? I understand that before you really studied, you uh, sort of had a tough time in school being bullied at times. Did you ever have any particular moments in school where you realized, all right, this is the final straw and maybe took things off from there? Um. There was a kid in my like sixth grade class who who would our, our teacher would leave the room every afternoon at about two. I we think that she was going out for a cigarette, but we, we don't know. <laughs> gone for like seven minutes, <laughs> and uh, and this kid he was supposed to be the toughest kid in the school would beat somebody up each time. And one day he chose me. He did the you know the hot hands thing where you try to slap the other person's hands. He did that with me, oh, but yeah. he punched me in the face. And oh. he kept punching oh. me and I was scared. I didn't fight back, you know? And I was like, uh, I carried that, you know, with me for a long time. I, I got a karate book right after that and started, you know, practicing moves on my own. And, and, I, and I, mm. then I saw Bruce Lee not too long after that. And I think I saw Fist of Fury. And I was like, wow, man, I want to be like him, you know? And, and so that's really, that's really how I got started, you know? And funny thing is a guy with the same name, when I was in college, I was working at a -a rent-a-car place and this guy showed up who had the same name as that kid. And my heart started pounding. This was after I was already a black belt, you know, and, uh, trained all the time. And I was like, I was like, okay. I go, excuse me, I put his driver's license down and I went into the back room and I go, I was talking to myself, do you think it's worth losing your job 
And I came up with, yes, absolutely, you know? And so I go back out there and if, if, it was, if it was the right guy, I was going to beat him down, man, and go ahead and lose my job oh. and get fired and everything and probably, you know, go to jail or whatever. But um, turned out it was it was a different guy with the same name. So anyway, um, oh, okay. I have since, you know, let that go big, but, you know, um, I always wish I would have fought back that day, you know, because, you know, he hit me like five times in the face and nobody even, my parents, five I went times. home, I didn't tell my parents. Yeah. Punched me like five times at least in the face. And, uh, I didn't have a mark on me, you know, it was like, I, I should have just swung back, you know, anyway, not one kid that year swung back at the kid. He just had his way with, with everyone anyway. Yeah, that's what that's what really Jeez. I think that really got me motivated though to, you know, I wanted to learn how to fight, you know. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, so how did you receive the role of Reptile in Mortal Kombat? And how smooth was the transition moving across to Sub Zero in Annihilation? Um Well, uh we uh when I moved down from Seattle to uh, Los Angeles, I, I had a really good bunch of people that I trained with up in Seattle. We trained at the University of Washington in the boxing room, and it was just a gritty place. You know, I was president of the boxing club there, and uh, I used to fight in smokers against other uh, clubs because we had a pretty good coach who, would co who coached around and would set up uh, what they called smokers. And, um, mm. Uh, Maurice Smith, I don't know if you remember, um, he was a first striker, I think, to win the heavyweight UFC World Championship. He trained there. A guy named Victor Solier, who was a WKA World Champion. We had a whole bunch of really good fighters that trained there. And I was just really lucky, you know. But when I moved down here, went down to Los Angeles, I didn't have anybody to train with. And uh, I got uh, recommended by one of my teammates. Uh, to go to this uh, guy named S Steve Fisher, who it had a really prominent school in Hawthorne, California here, where every Wednesday night they had black belt night. And it was just open open night. And guys like Superfoot, uh, Bill Wallace used to go down there. Um, but it was just, uh, it was a great place to train. And he, I, I was training with him for years by the time, um, Mortal Kombat came around, but apparently he recommended me to, uh, Larry okay. said that he, rec he, he said, you got to see this guy for the reptile role. And then Robin called me and Robin was also oh. training at Steve's from my recommendation. A lot of people, Cynthia Rothrock trained with Steve. Uh, it was just a, it was a great place to train. He was a really kind of old school guy, but he had a really strong background in boxing and kickboxing. His dad was a professional boxer and then he was a professional kickboxer. And so there was a lot of kickboxers that would come around, which was the kind of training that I was used to. And so I liked it, you know, I liked it a lot. Anyway, so he, I thought it was Robin because I had known Robin for years, but Larry actually told me at the LA con, LA, uh, Comic-Con, he, he told me that it was actually Steve who recommended me to him. So that was cool to know. I, that was like some, all these years later thing that I just, <laughs> yeah, I just found that out this year. All that, all that time I thought Robin just called me, you know, because <laughs> you know? So anyway, um, that, that worked out well though. You know, I mean, so that was, that was a really fun. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so how easy uh, was it, I'm going to assume, to get the role of Sub-Zero in Annihilation? Um, that was, uh, you know, uh, Larry actually kept me in the dark on that till I was already with my family in London in the hotel lobby, he told me, that I got the part. And before that, I was going to oh, play really? Baraka. <laughs> Even though I did the table reading for the, wow. for, for the Sub-Zero part. Yeah, I, I, I went to like, I want to say like at least five auditions, you know, 
including a martial arts audition, even though I had already played reptile. You know, they didn't make it easy. Let's put it that way. You know, I had to work for that, you know, and then I didn't find out that he chose me for Sub-Zero until I get to the lobby of the hotel in London. <laughs> but, I, you know, that was I, I thought oh there was God. a good chance I was getting it because I didn't see anybody else around. I was doing all the, the readings and stuff. But, um, yeah. So when you shot your fight scene at the Van Nuys Airport, how long of a process was it to fully choreograph and successfully film it? I understand there were some injuries during filming as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think we got we we had like six days to choreograph it and rehearse before we started shooting, and then we had about another. So it was, it was really about about ten days to two weeks for the whole process, and if wow. if I remember right, but. Um, and that was so, that felt so luxurious, you know, because usually it's like, <laughs> hey, you know, you're shooting it, you know, rehearsing it, shooting it all like in the same hour, you know, and, and so um, that was, that was just awesome. And then the set was so cool. You know, I'd never worked on anything like that before, you know, and um, it was gorgeous. It was just so fun. And, and Robin and I have worked out together so much that there was a lot of, I think there was just a lot of trust between us, you know, we trusted each mm -hmm. other. And so, uh, you can, you can go for it, you know, and hopefully not get hurt, you know? Um, and that's what he was doing, you know, like I obviously, you know, he wanted to crash into that thing where he, he actually, I threw him into a piece of the set there and it was hard. It was, you know, even though they, they make it out of a foam, a hard kind of foam, Underneath the foam is a wooden, stiff, you know, wooden frame, you know? And so that's what, what his ribs hit and what, what uh, that's how he got the broken ribs. And he didn't complain yeah. at all. We, we just kept going. We didn't, yeah, so. It's amazing. Yeah. S say, speaking of Robin, uh, how extensive or difficult of a process was it to film robin's bicycle kick uh, against you that clearly must have required uh, a lot of wire work yeah yeah um that um that part um was just yeah him hooked up it wasn't what was i don't remember we ha having any difficulties with that at all you know they just yeah. had to cover it from different angles so we had to do it several times um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the other parts of the fight, you know, where, you know, we, we had more, you know, that were more, uh, you know, uh, just natural, you know, no wires, you know, just, <laughs> just doing it, you know? Yeah. So when you won the role of reptile, did you do any research whatsoever for the character? I mean, did you play any of the games? Um, did you receive any sort of other influences with regards to maybe how he might move um, during the fight? Um, I did, I did, you know, because I'm not a video game person. I did, uh, they gave me some stuff to look at, some video stuff and you get ideas, you know, get ideas, you know, and um, the, that, that thing, you know, that thing, that I did in the fight scene. Remember yes. that? Uh, yep. That was Robin's idea, actually. So, oh, you know, and you get you get uh, you know like little, you know like I wanted to do like a spinning hook kick down low on the ground to kick him, and he goes, "Oh, oh I want to do that," and I was like, "Oh, okay, you do it." <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just it was it was it it was really fun and really you know harmonious you know it just it just worked really well so and mm -hmm. i really liked that i really liked the director i just think he had a a really good idea of what he wanted or how he wanted to look you know which is is really nice because usually people are moving so fast you know you don't really you know you don't have you know very much of an idea you know so hopefully whatever you do turns out i had a good feeling about this one because you know, I'm super proud of that fight. You know, I think, um, yeah, you know, it's just, 
it's got a lot of character, you know, and and uh, it's gritty and you know very entertaining. You know, I, I I'm just I'm super very. proud of it. You know, so yeah, and I guess um, the movie had an incredible soundtrack, and the, the track control that was played during that fight is classified yeah. as <laughs> I guess one of the most iconic of all time. Did you find it perfectly fitting? I love that, you know, and I get so many comments on that from like when I go to these cons and stuff and the people talk about the music and, you know, I think, I think it's just definitely was a, a you know, that fight and the other one that we shot at the Van Nuys airport were, I think the two best fights in the movie and they were both done after, yeah. you know, uh, and down. so that just, that just goes to show you, you know, I mean, I think it, it's just, you know, the amount of focus that we had and stuff, you know, because you're not shooting other stuff at the same time, you're just shooting those, those things. And I think it gives you uh, a better shot, you know, and I really love that, you know, so um, it's probably, you know, it's probably, you know, my favorite fight of all the fights I've done so wow that's incredible um i'm aware that you didn't actually keep the reptile suit but did you happen to keep for example the sub-zero suit from annihilation you know that's that's funny too because i've been um bumping into chris casamasas a lot at these we had the same guy sort of sending us to cons and it's really good to see him because we knew each other for a long time before this. And he also trained with that same gentleman, Steve Fisher. And so we go way back before Mortal Kombat. And um, we were at the LA Con and this guy came in wearing the, um, he was wearing the, the, um, sub-zero suit from annihilation and i was what? like wow he goes he goes yeah this is the one from annihilation i said how did you get that he said he was working behind the scenes and larry really couldn't believe it either but he goes i also have the scorpion uh you know outfit and it's out in my car and chris was like oh go get it go get it please go get it and he just gave it to chris but he was wearing wow. the sub-zero one so i couldn't ask him to you know undress himself <laughs> or whatever but he said i said you know now. i'd really love to 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 get that from you at some point if you know and he called me uh he he texted me right before halloween and said would i like to you know he goes i thought you might want to like to dress up as sub-zero for for Halloween. I said, that sounds great. Yeah. And so I went over and picked it up from him and it was really nice and it's in really good condition. Yeah. I have that, the Sub-Zero. Wow. The one actually story. from Annihilation. <laughs> uh, speaking of Annihilation, it's no secret that it was uh, rather a rushed production. Uh, we're aware that you were pretty disappointed that Many of the actors from the first movie didn't reprise their roles. What are some of the pros and some of the cons when it comes to filming Annihilation in your mind? Well, um, one of them was that, uh, yes, we were really busy. There were so many fights. And this is what I'm talking about is like J.J. Uh, Perry, who, uh, who played Scorpion. Uh, yes. I had the fight with him on the bridge. He was also playing Cyrex. So when we were choreographing and, and rehearsing the Sub-Zero Scorpion fight, he was busy shooting the Cyrex. So I had to rehearse that scene with Ray Park, you know, who uh, was, you know, he was just playing whatever part that uh, they needed him for. He was just ready for anything. And I loved working with, uh, with Ray. You know, he's a very, very talented martial artist, you know, and and so is JJ, by the way. But I rehearsed that scene mostly with uh, with Ray and then we oh. we taught it, taught it to JJ. And so but I, I really love that, you know, they got some really good martial artists on that 
on that movie. And um, it was just it was just fun to train with all of them because we trained a lot, got there a little early, trained a lot together. And I tried to help, you know, I was helping out with all the fights, like rehearsals and with all the girls too. And it was, it was, um, it's always great fun. I, you know, I, I can't really think of a, a movie where I, you know, where I did martial arts and where I didn't have a blast, you know, it's just, it's just fun, you know? And so, uh, I really enjoyed that one too, even though, like you said, it was, you know, ran into a lot more, um, there's just a lot more going on all at once than, you know, when we shot at the Van Nuys airport, we had the two fights and they didn't even, they didn't shoot them at the same time. So it was one fight at a time, two different sets, you know, and, and so like, you can get really focused, you know? Yeah. Uh, is it true that when it actually came down to filming, uh, the scene with, with JJ particularly, um, I had heard that JJ happened to injure um, his ankle while filming the Cyrex fight beforehand, and uh, he struggled a little bit while doing the actual scene with you. Is that accurate? Um, you know, he, I think he did, uh, but, you know, he sort of bit the bullet. He just did it anyway, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, super apparent while we were filming that he was injured. I also had tweaked my back too. And, um, we just, you know, you just work through it, you know, and take a lot of Advil, you know, and just keep going. So <laughs> I understand you had your newborn son and wife visit on set while doing the movie, uh, quite frequently. Yeah. They, they came with me, you know, right. My son was, uh, two weeks old and wow, he was two weeks he was about, <laughs> I mean, he was nine pounds, two ounces when he was born. And the doctor was like, this, this kid, you can take him, you can take him on a plane. It's not going to be a problem. And he slept the whole way, you know, on the plane. So oh, wow. it ended up being, you know, fine. It was, it was a little cold, but, um, I think, uh, you know, it was a little hard on the wife you know, being there. Um, but I didn't want to be away from him right in the beginning like that. So that was a little selfish mm -hmm. of me, but, um, I wanted to be there, be, be a part of it, you know? So I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, besides your portrayals of reptile and sub-zero, you're also credited in uh, annihilation for doing additional stunts and choreography. Um, did you happen to help out with any other scenes on that movie that didn't involve your actual character? Um, well, I, I helped with, with, uh, Princess Kitana a lot, helped, helped her, uh, rehearse and, um, I helped with any fight because we had a big, like, area where we did rehearsals, where we had mats and stuff like that. And so whatever fight there was. You know, I was just I was just trying to help uh, get people to rehearse them so they'd be ready, you know, and uh, because Robin was busy shooting a lot. And yeah. uh, so and later uh, <clears throat> they brought in Pat Johnson and who was very helpful in getting things, you know, organized and uh, and uh he was there when we shot the Sub-Zero Scorpion fight on the bridge and uh -huh. was doing a lot of the directing of that fight. So, uh, when you were helping out with the Katana fight scene, um, how much of it roughly would you say was actually Tulsa Soto and how much of it would you say was actually Dana? He, um, Talisa actually, she was very game and I really liked working with her. Um, she was, she, she did, she did quite a bit of it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. She, she, you know, what we did was we, you know, shot the whole fight with both of them, you know, and then they, 
they cut it however they decided to cut it. But I saw a lot of Talisa in the actual final cut, you know. She she got in there nice. quite a bit to her credit, you know. And Dana, you know, she's a great martial artist. There you go, another one, you know. So mm -hmm. um, she was pretty busy <laughs> um, doing other <laughs> stuff too. So that was, you know. yeah. Uh, you've expressed before that a very large amount of fight scene footage was removed from your Sub-Zero versus Scorpion fight. Uh, as diehard Mortal Kombat fans, we would be absolutely thrilled to hear any uh, additional details on what was scrapped. What were some cool sequences that uh, didn't end up making it through? Um, you know, I just, you know, like, I'm, I'm one of those guys who, you know, like, if I'm going to do a triple kick, you know, I don't want a edit in the middle of the of the kick, you know, I want, I want you to see all three kicks because when you, if you, yeah. if you, if you have a cut in the middle, you don't know if you actually did the triple kick or not. And so that's sort of, I know that's a little, you know, but I didn't like that there was a cut in my triple kick. That was the first thing that I did on, uh, on JJ and he was tough enough to stand there, you know, because you got to take the first two and then sort of react on the third one. And I wanted, I was hoping there wouldn't be any cuts in there, but somebody got creative on that. <laughs> mm. And so anyway, um, and you know, like the, uh, the bridge was actually, um, that was salt to look like snow. And so it was pretty slippery yeah. actually, you know? And so, um, you had to you had to be careful with your footing and your balance because it was it was more slippery than than when when you shoot in the sand, you know. And it's, it's just funny how you're rehearsing like on a mat, and then they take you to the set and you're in sand or you know something that that you didn't really, you know. So sometimes things don't work out that you were gonna do. But I think I think you know actually the the Sub Zero fight. Um, Pretty much every, I, I mean, same with the reptile fight. I mean, if I remember right, pretty much everything that we choreographed made it in, you know? And mm. that was really the only gripe I had about the, about the Sub-Zero fight was that, um, was that one cut, you know, in the triple kick. Um, and I yeah. think they're trying, they're trying to get more impact or something, you know, but, uh, I like it when they don't mess with those things, but um, I think everything that we that we choreographed made it into the reptile fight, you know. And Sweet. you know, sometimes it's still surprising when you see it and you go, "Wow, that's that's pretty cool." You know, like you don't know which angles they're going to use and stuff like that until you see it. But like I said, mm -hmm. you know, like with uh, Paul Anderson, I think he had pretty good idea of what he liked, you know, and what the way he wanted it to look. And, and so yeah. that's a really cool looking fight, you know, the lighting, yeah, all. The, just the set, everything about it is pretty cool. That is one of my favorite fights of all time for sure. Um, now, uh, one last question about that sub zero fight, uh, particularly, uh, I, I think you may have mentioned before when you guys flip, uh, you, uh, Sub-Zero Scorpion, uh, go down underneath the bridge, sort of, in that little area. I think you had said that was uh, more of an extended fight scene under there as well, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it was, and I think it was... It was um, the lighting was tough under there. There wasn't a lot of space, you know, to put lights and cameras, so they're kind of... It, it's kind of like... Um, like got the feeling they're sort of trying to peek in at the fight, you know, and it, oh, yeah. I think it ended up being kind of shadowy. And so they, they liked using the stuff up top more because it was, it was easier to light. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you would think, you know, like I think, you know, and that's, that's a, another thing is they probably should have built a, you know, the lower part of the bridge with one side of it open that we could have shot like close-ups and lit it and put the camera wherever you need to, you know, and, 
I think it would have it would have been really helpful to you know to to build one you know that wasn't even a part of the bridge where you could fight in front of it basically and and then I think they could have got more out of what we did underneath and you know because I really again JJ Perry is you know when we got there and he was kicking the paddles you know and work out and I would work out with him and we all got to, you know, throw some, some of our own stuff into the workout, man, he could, that dude is a great kicker, you know, and (laughs) I was really blown away. And I always like, you know, working, you know, you get the opportunity to work with someone like that. You want it to really shine, you know? And so I do wish that they built a, you know, more open bridge where they could have you know, lit it better and used more of that footage because you're right. And I had forgotten that uh, some parts of that got eliminated. And I think it was due to lighting. Mm. You know, honestly, I would say the best special effect in that entire movie, uh, Annihilation, is probably when uh, you perform the Sub-Zero Freeze in order to create the ice bridge. Uh, were you personally happy with how the visual effect played out at that time? I was, I was really happy with it. Yeah. I thought, I thought it, it worked out really well. I didn't know how I thought it was one of the better special effects in the movie in the whole movie, you know, Yes. It, it was, it was cool. It was really cool, you know? And yeah, you don't know what to expect and you know, you always worry, Oh, you don't want it to look, fake or chintzy or whatever. And it didn't, mm-hmm. it looked very cool. And so, yeah, I was, I was really blown away when I saw that. I was really happy with it. I was happy with that whole scene, you know, the, the scene <clears throat> with Talisa and Robin. And I thought it was, it was, it was just, I think it was one of the better scenes in the movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm of the understanding that John Leonetti, uh, the director, didn't want you to even blink as Sub-Zero? Was that a huge challenge for you amidst filming? Uh, did it take a few tries to get it right, or did you handle okay? He he told me, I thought, I don't even remember him saying that, but I remember him telling me after, Keith, I saw dailies. You didn't even blink in that scene. <laughs> I was like, cool, man, all right, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Would you ever be open to revisiting either of those characters if you were offered a role? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would love that. Um, either one of them. I'm ready. I'm, I'm staying in shape for that day. <laughs> That's what the fans like to hear, my friend. That's what they like to hear. <laughs> Wicked. I was thinking, um, you know, any maybe there could be some turmoil going on with uh, Lin Kuei or whatever, and I could uh, I could fight the other Sub Zero, the new Sub Zero, you know. Oh, yes. what do you think? I'm pretty. Sure I think I that is. Ass. <laughs> hey, that's that is a that's badass. Um, Chris Casamasa, who you're good friends with, he's actually pushing for a multiverse. So hey. Oh, who knows? Right yeah. on. Yeah, I'm. I'm ready. You know. So. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I understand you're genuinely um, a bit of a Mortal Kombat fan yourself, having tuned into uh, the likes of Mortal Kombat Legacy and thoroughly enjoying it, uh, the short series from Machinima. Did you also see any of the television show MK Conquest or the new movie? We we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I, I did see the new movie, you know, and, uh, I loved the opening sequence, you know, I just, I just, (laughs) I just think it was, it was very well done. And I, I felt sort of jealous, you know, that they, I think, you know, did they have an R rating or something? Because the violence, you know, with the sword and the stabbing (laughs) and the cutting and stuff like that, it just felt... (laughs) It felt a little unfair, okay, that they get to do that and we didn't, you know. And I was a little jealous, 
but I also appreciated it a lot. And, you know, I'm big, big fan of, uh, uh, the last samurai, you know, and, and a lot yes. of the more modern samurai things that they've done now that I, they just blow me away, you know, some of the fight scenes and stuff like that. And so I love that they got some of that feeling into it, you know, and, uh, it, it was Hiroyuki just, you Sonata know, from the, the last samurai, right. With Tom, exactly. Cruise, right? he's, he's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a badass dude. I don't want to yeah. mess with him. I want the other guy. I want the sub zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about Conquest? Did you ever see uh, John Valera's take on Reptile? What did you think of that? Um, I didn't. I don't think I saw Conquest. Unfortunately, okay. um, was that yeah. good? Was it? Was oh. it? How was it? Every, everybody knows I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I think it was fantastic. It has uh, some phenomenal fight scenes in it. There's usually about, yeah, you should definitely. Um, so yeah, you are on file to say that you liked Legacy. Uh, I understand you're friends with Garrett Warren, who stunt yeah. uh, coordinated a lot of those fights and even directed the unreleased season three. Garrett Warren directed it. Yeah, the entire series wow. for uh, season three, uh, but I unfortunately went into development hell. Yeah, <laughs> and so because um, you work on a, a lot of projects with him. Yeah, he would like he a lot of times hires me like if he has an actress like I trained. He did um, um, recently. What was it? Um, oh my god! Well, probably Avatar two now. Avatar, he he did the original Avatar, and so I trained Zoe Saldana for like six months. What a wow. great experience that was! And James Cameron came to my studio, you know, and it was just it was really cool. And and then I did uh, Alita: Battle Angel, which Garrett also did. Yeah, and um, trained Rosa Salazar, and that was really fun. Like we did a. I put it up on my Instagram. There, there was a, a little, like we, one of the things that I like to do is shoot little fight scenes with them. So they get used to just being in fight scenes and what it's like. And we put this one together with very few little cuts in it. And she sent it to Robert Rodriguez and he put sound effects on it. And it was so cool. <laughs> it was really well, cool. Well, that's pretty wicked. It's just fun. It's fun stuff. You know, I love that stuff. And, um, Garrett is great, man. He's, he, he's, yeah, he's given me a lot of, uh, work that way, which was, which is really awesome. I didn't, I didn't realize that he directed that. And that was that, is it legacy is the one where everything looked, uh, different, right? Like the more realistic he I was trying to go for. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying to go for a more realistic approach. Yeah. 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 I thought that was cool at the time, you know, and, yes. uh, I haven't seen it for a while, but I thought it was pretty cool. So, uh, now uh, when we spoke with, uh, martial artist, Dan Southworth, he said that, uh, Garrett Warren sort of had this, uh, Dan Southworth. Okay. Yeah. He said that, uh, apparently Garrett Warren liked to pull a little prank there where he put out his glass eye and put it in a, in a, in your drink. Did he ever do that to you? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I swallowed. Okay, I swallowed the eye. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I had, oh my god! You know, the whole story. I didn't tell you the whole story. Yeah, it got stuck in my throat, and Garrett had to do the Heimlich maneuver on me. <laughs> now that is one hell of a scene right there. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on to other projects, um, you were in a film called Beverly Hills Ninja. Uh, your character Nobu had an intensely, seriously demeanor. Um, Chris Farley is a legend in the realm of comedy films. Um, were there any moments while filming where he completely made you break character and laugh your head off? I don't know if you remember when we had him in the van uh, and we yeah. had 
taking him captive and he was going on and on. It was just really hard to keep a straight face, you know, and they shot a lot of that, you know, and so they, and they would have to start over every time we lost it. Um, oh. Also, you know, like he, he trained actually at my studio to, to get ready for that. And Robin was doing a lot of the training and uh, Chris Farley was awesome, man. He was, he's really good. He was really good at all the physical stuff, you know, like, like he does that cartwheel in the movie, you know, I was kind of blown away with yes. how agile he is, you know? And, uh, you know, a lot of times they say he's, he was a really good physical comedian. And I, I think that's true. Tell us a bit about that uh, restaurant brawl scene. Uh, I can imagine that probably took quite a long time to put together. Uh, which one? Sorry. The um, the restaurant brawl scene. Oh, um, when we were at the Teppanyaki place, like the Benihana scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny too. And, um, you know, I love uh, Simon Ree, who was in that, that scene. And I think I did that. Do you know who Simon Ree is, you guys? Anyway, he's a really prominent uh, stuntman and uh, he he's the guy who uh, Chris Farley hits with the fish you know he's hitting him with the, oh, with yeah. the salmon like that he's like doing yeah. flowers with salmon and <laughs> yeah and when I escort my my guy out I do this double kick and kick him in the chest and he falls onto one of the grills and gets fried you know but that was a that was a really another scene that was really hard to keep a straight face in, you know, with Chris. And so and then Robin's dressed up like a lady. So, you know, it was just <laughs> it was ridiculous, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was just uh, it, it was a blast too. that that movie was a lot of fun to to be a part of. Yeah, a huge part of my childhood. You know, it really was nice to see you and Robin Shu uh, both play such a significant role in that movie. Uh, there were a lot of people who worked on Mortal Kombat projects who happened to be involved in uh, this particular movie. Uh, besides Robin, uh, there were people like Jeffrey Amata, uh, Mark Casso, and even George Chung, who uh, played Master Joe in Conquest. How was it working with so many esteemed martial artists in this project? Was this one of your more favorite movies that you had filmed? Yeah, I mean, it was probably like, you know, like I, I went to the set of Rush Hour one day to meet Jackie Chan uh, because my son's friend's dad was a producer on Rush Hour. And so we went there and all those same guys were working on that movie. <laughs> all the same guys. <laughs> oh I'm my reading. God. And, you know, it, it was, it was, it's just, you know, that's what I mean is uh, that's one of the things that makes it so fun is when you see guys that you know and you know how good they are and you know how hard they work to do a good job you know it's pretty you know it's pretty motivating and you feel really inspired you know to do a good job because you know they they um everybody else is trying so hard you don't want to let anybody down you know and so i love that this is my this is my little pug <laughs> what's what's the pug's name trying to stay warm pug's <laughs> name is norbit you know after the the movie norbit with eddie, eddie murphy? murphy yeah he's named after <laughs> eddie murphy's character we haven't got the uh we want to get another we want to get a female pug too and name her rasputia <laughs> you adjust my seat <laughs> this guy's a great guy he just he snores so much oh i can picture that i can picture that <laughs> it's incredible no so clearly you have your own martial arts school uh, i believe it's called champions martial arts and fitness um i actually audience... i actually closed it during the pandemic i i had it for 28 years oh. And oh, wow. we were closed for two years. Uh, we weren't al allowed to operate. Uh, I don't know how it was where, where you guys were, but we, we weren't allowed to operate. So I decided to close it. And I started, well, first, you know, I started teaching Zooms, you know, um, to the students that were active. And I kind of got 
I kind of liked it, you know, and so I've continued that and I'm doing an online business and now huh? I'm starting a, a fitness company with uh, cross training between uh, a resistance device. That's what that background is. It's, it's called the ring and it uses tubes oh. and I teach classes with that and I sell the, the product and I also teach uh, live kickboxing classes. So I really enjoy it. Oh, wow. I'm really, uh, it's nice to be able to reach out to people wherever they are, you know, and like what you guys do. And so that's why I have this whole setup here. And I teach the classes right here on this mat. Um, Very good. Uh, is that well, open to anybody internationally or? Um, we're, we're getting ready to open up to everybody. Yeah. I mean, so far I've kept it nice. pretty just in the neighborhood kind of, so to speak. And now, we're gonna launch very soon. So I've been building a, a new website so other people can join in and I'm really looking forward to it. I still teach kids too, um, which I, you know, I've just fallen in love with uh, teaching kids martial arts. And um, so I have like a, a mini dojo in my backyard and I still have classes. People come over to my house now and so it's oh, sort wow. of like Mr. Miyagi, you know, so, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I love it. And I've learned so much from teaching kids and I probably understand the martial arts so much better than I would have had I not ever done that. So I, I'm, I'm continuing to do that also. Incredible. So clearly you've been in the business for a, a long time and you've trained some huge names. Is it true that you actually trained uh, Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon? I did. She was getting um, wow. ready for a movie and a casting director that I knew somehow recommended me. And so she came over to start training and uh, she is, she's pretty special person. You know I mean? She's just very brilliant, smart, you know, and, uh, I was going through the, you know, somehow somebody saw her, she sang the national anthem at a San Francisco Giants game, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, and I, I saw that and, but she was getting ready for a movie with, uh, I forget the actor's name, really handsome Latin actor, Antonio something, Sabatis. Antonio Banderas? Banderas. Oh. No. <clears throat> Zapatos, Zapatos. Oh, I mean, not too sure. really, this guy looked like a chiseled model, you know. Um, but I, I don't know what ever happened to that guy, and I never saw the movie. So, but um, oh. yeah, she trained. She kept training for quite a while. So, yeah, and still, when I see her, it's always it's really cool. She's just a great girl. I mean, she what kind of a the Bruce Lee nucleus? convention for Jeet Kune Do up in San Francisco. And I got to have lunch with her and her mom, Linda. And it was oh, just, yeah. it was just the three of us and Linda's, you know, her, her new husband, um, she had remarried and, uh, it was just yeah. the four of us having lunch and it would just, and then I was with all the Jeet Kune Do guys. So that was really, that was really cool. And by the way, I've gotten to work with a lot of the people from the Inosanto Academy, you know, Dan, Dan Inosanto, you know, who he is right. Dan Inosanto, he was one of Bruce Lee's students and he was in the game of death. He was the one, uh, the stick fighter in Bruce Lee game of death. Oh, okay. yes. I'm dating yes. myself. You guys are, you guys are <laughs> young, <laughs> but, uh, whoops, <laughs> he is a really good teacher and has uh, a lot of really good students. And, um, I trained with, uh, one of his students. In fact, uh, Jeff Imada is one of his students. And so, oh, yes. uh, Jeff Imada is in that Bruce Lee lineage, you know, as is Chad Stileski, you know, Chad Stileski, right. From. I know him, uh, a John Wick uh, director. John Wick, yeah, the director of John Wick. Yeah. Well, I was with him in his first movie was a movie I did called Heat Seeker. Do you remember that? That movie? A Heat Seeker, yes. Yep. Probably not. Try, trying to forget, but <laughs> it, 
it's, uh, <laughs> it's out there. Um, but uh, Chad Stileski, that was his first movie. And he was one of the stunt fighters on that movie. And another guy from that school, uh, Burt Richardson, was the stunt coordinator and fight choreography fight choreographer for the movie. And I've worked with a lot of those guys. And one of the things I love about them is, is they're really loose, you know, like their reactions and stuff. They're really relaxed, you know, and that's what you want. You know, like I've worked with for sure. Um, some martial artists that can't really, you know, they're a little stiff, you know, they might be great fighters or whatever, but you, you know, for movies, you really need to be relaxed. You know, you really need to be loose. And it really helps, like, look at Jackie Chan, you know, look at guys like that and, you know, Bruce mm -hmm. Lee, you know, yeah. those guys are relaxed, you know. And so everything looks so much more real, you know. And I appreciate that mm -hmm. a lot with, with, you know, some of these very skillful guys that I've had the opportunity to work with, you know, so. Uh Let's talk more about your experience training in China with Robin Shu uh, within the 1980s. Uh, how rough and tough was this experience? And also, what were some of the biggest trials that you faced over there? Um, well, I, I first went to China in 1980. And I trained for about four months with the Nanjing uh wushu team and you know they're like any they live in the dorms with the other athletes like the divers and the gymnasts um okay it, it's a sport you know that was uh you know uh they had to get chosen to be on those teams and they had to beat out a lot of people in order to get an opportunity to be on on one of those uh provincial teams you know each province had their own professional team and then they would compete against each other for the national championship like uh jet lee won and uh, uh we trained a lot i trained a lot with the beijing wushu team and also the uh the nanjing wushu team and i'll tell you it was it was it was pretty uh i think the the great thing about it was i had never trained at that point with professional athletes that trained six hours a day, six days a week. And, uh, and so when you come from, you know, training like an hour and a half to two hours a day, and then you go up to six hours, it's pretty shocking on your body. And I was, again, I was really highly motivated. I wanted to do a good job and learn as much as I could. And, I, I worked really hard for those four months and then I came back and the second time I went was with Robin in 1982 mm -hmm. and I was in a lot better shape that time when I went back because I knew what to expect and I'd been working on all the things that I learned the first time, you know, and yeah. you learn how, how do these, you know, you learn a lot about repetition, you know, and how these, these people train, you know, uh, one of the things that I was surprised of and I, I know I've said this in other interviews is just that <clears throat> the wushu athletes they don't fight they don't fight each other and i thought they did and i was really surprised when i got there that they didn't fight you know i was i was thinking these these people must be tremendous fighters because look how they can do all these jump kicks and everything and it's really more of a performance art but then you get the guys like jet lee and there was another guy on the beijing wushu team who, who i loved who did Eagle Claw style, the Eagle Claw, which was one of the styles that I learned when I was there. And there's something, you can just see something coming from the inside, you know, like warrior spirit or something that, yeah. that certain ones of these athletes have that you just know you wouldn't want to meet them in a dark alley, you know, because <laughs> they, just, they just have something in their attitude, you know, and I think we, we see, you see that with Jet Li, you know, there's something just very believable about him, you know, and uh, that was a tremendous experience going to China, you know, and, you know, I think the, the cultural revolution there 
changed things so much because, you know, they went from like traditional martial arts to where it became like a sport. And I wish I could have gone there, you know, way back, you know, like and seen what the original Shaolin temple was like or, um, <clears throat> uh. you know, just what Kung Fu was like maybe back around 1920 or 1930, you know, because oh, yeah. I bet it was just gritty, you know, like I bet it was just like, you know, because the only way that they could really learn how to fight is by fighting each other, you know, by really fighting each other, right. you know, so uh, I think it was probably would have been really cool to, to be a part of that, you know. Uh, were you by chance uh, trained by Sifu Wanjin Bo, or yes, Wanjin Bao, yes, yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, that's and, the same and, Sifu uh, who trained Jiangsu. Uh, he was he was one of the head coaches in in. I think he became the head coach there, but he was one of the main coaches when I was there. But he was my instructor. My my instructor Roger Tong took us and made the connection with Wanjin Bao, and so he was like our close contact and he was my main coach when i was there and he even uh, the guy who ran the national wushu center in los angeles eric chen who was a, a classmate of mine uh under roger tong uh brought wang chin bao over here too so it's, it's pretty you know it's just it was a it was a uh i had his he gave me his staff, actually he gave it to Roger and Roger gave it to me and I gave it to Eric Chan <laughs> because, you know, okay. it, was, it was just, he won the national champ, Wushu championship with this one staff and he had carved a dragon into it. And uh, I oh. had it, I, I felt sort of like I should give it to Eric because he worked so hard to try to, you know, bring Wushu to America and um, so did Roger and, and so, Anyway, I was so disappointed. Uh, actually, one of my students won a gold medal in the 2008 uh, Olympic Games in Beijing. You know, when they added wushu as a as a demonstration sport, and we were all hopeful mm. that it would it would become an Olympic sport. One of my students won uh, three medals in that Olympics, but he won one gold, one silver, and wow. one bronze. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, and then karate, you know, looked like maybe it was going to get into the Olympic Games and it didn't either. And I was really disappointed with that, too. Um, yeah. You know, because you want a good platform for your students to be able to compete in that, that, that has some place to go, that leads someplace, you know. And so I was really hoping that Wushu would get in. Then I was hoping karate would get in. Um, I, you know, I was disappointed. What can I say? So. Yeah. Understandably so. Yeah. But it, it's sort of an interesting connection uh, when it comes to Sifu uh, Wanjin Bao. Um, he actually trained the very first original Liu Kang from the video games, Hosung Pak. Did you ever get the opportunity to work with him oh, yeah. before? I know Hosong because we competed together on the circuit here. And so I knew him pretty well. And yeah, he went and trained with, uh, with Wang Jinbao. Yeah. So Would yeah, look that at was that. a little wow. bit later. <laughs> no, he's a little bit younger. And, um, uh, I knew Wang Jinbao when he could still do aerials and he would do like, he, he was, he would do like, 50 butterflies in a row in a circle when he was in his 40s, you know, and so he was an amazing athlete, you know. Uh, yeah, I was really impressed with him, you know, like he was he was the real deal, you know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we are now going to jump to the final round. So what we're going to do on this final round, Keith, is we're just going to ask you some quick questions, try to get to know you a little more. So the first question being, what are some of your secret talents? Um, I like, 
I make a pretty mean kimchi fried rice. Oh, yeah. nice. And uh, I get really good reviews on it. So that's one. <laughs> I also uh, I like to sing um, karaoke. <laughs> I like to All sing. The way. Um, yeah, like um, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd is one of my favorite songs to sing. Um, so I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's actually a talent, but I enjoy it. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, well, it's, it's, it's from the book, The Tao Te Ching about, you know, if you care too much about what others, others think you become their prisoner. And, uh, that's a, that's an ancient Chinese book and it's been, it's been, uh, translated, uh, more than any other book in history other than the Bible. And, uh, -huh. uh wow. I loved it because my martial arts instructor gave it to me when I was quite young and it kind of went over my head a little bit. And I used to, this uh, really big producer named Norman Lear here, I used, trained his son and he gave me a cassette of the same book, like 25 years later. And oh. I started listening to it. He said he listened to it in his car when he wanted to calm down. And he said, I think you might enjoy this. And this time, you know, and I've read the book so many times now and every single time some other you know, a little piece of wisdom shows up that hits me for whatever part of my life I happen to be in, you know, and so I just love that book, you know, and so I highly recommend it. There you have it. Um, Keith, what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, <clears throat> God, <laughs> something that annoys the hell out of you. I think it would have to be just when people are unkind, you know, to yeah. others um, or act arrogant. It would have to be those kinds of things, you know, like, you know, like if you see somebody being mean to a waiter or something or, you know, in a restaurant, you know, I, I think it's just, uh, you know, it's good to be patient and kind you know, whenever you can. So that's probably my main annoyance. Oh, very well said. Uh, Keith, what is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Strangest thing I've ever eaten. Um, well, you know, I, I did a movie actually for wet Fred Weintraub in, in Yugoslavia. And there's a lot of uh, wild game places there and so i had i actually had bear i had oh wow. uh, oh nice i had bear and that's probably the most exotic thing that i've eaten other than the stuff that i had in china but i think i think bear still rates up there for me at the top and i liked it oftentimes yeah. I, I hear it. it's like it's like really greasy yeah it, it's it's very gamey you know um but i I didn't mind it. You know, I've always liked, I've always liked uh, <clears throat> venison and I've always liked lamb. Yes. You know, which, which some people think is sort of gamey tasting. And I liked the bear too. Nice. Mm, very nice. Uh, what sort of music do you enjoy? Yeah, I like classic rock. Like I, I was bringing up uh, Pink Floyd. I like Pink Floyd. Pink I Floyd. like, um, <laughs> I like Pink Floyd a lot. I like you too. Um, I also like uh, they have a, they have a, a song called uh, "Running to Stand Still." I don't know if you've heard of it. It's very. I think a lot of their songs are very poetic. You know, I love the Beatles. Mm. I love a lot of uh, classic um, rock. Um, I, I love Tom Petty. You know. I'm usually listening to one of oh, those yes. guys, you know, Tom Petty, you know, um, U2. Learning to fly. Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah. 
And final question, uh, what are you most proud of? Um, well, I think as far as, you know, my, I'm, like I said, I'm really proud of that reptile fight. I'm proud of the fight that I did in, in, um, in King of the Kickboxers, uh, which Corey Yuen, uh, directed, um, and that was the only fight in the movie that he came in. He came in especially to direct that fight. And I felt uh, really honored to be able to work with him. And, uh, but I still think that um, there was a tournament that was put on in Bermuda for four years. And for our sport at the time, it was the highest prize money event in the world. And I won that tournament all four years. And so I was really proud oh, wow. of that. And during that time, I got chosen as the competitor of the year with uh, Black Belt Magazine. And so those are, you know, I, I would say it was a really hard tournament to win too because they flew all the best competitors in and put them up in a really nice hotel. And it was, it was really, uh, elite, you know, and so I'm, I'm really super proud of that. Very nice. Excellent. Well, Keith, um, thank you again so much for being here. This was so much fun. Uh, it's unfortunate my camera crapped out, but we still made the most of it. Um, it was a great time. So I'm looking forward to speaking with you again sometime. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me. And, uh, to all the Mortal Kombat fans, uh, thank you. And um, I loved being here. And before so, we go, do you have any social media platforms uh, people can follow you at? Well, I, I've been sort of uh, inactive recently on social media, but I'm planning to get back on it. But yeah, I'm at um, Keith Cook's studio, I think is, is my on, on uh, Instagram. And uh, I'm going to get back on it. There's some kind of okay, okay stuff on there, but I'm going to try to start posting more stuff um, soon. I, I actually did a couple of TV pilots that never got picked up. And I have some footage from those things that nobody's ever seen. Huh? So I'm probably going to put a couple of action sequences from one of those things. And, um, but I'll be putting some stuff up soon. And... Um, but I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Okay, friends. That concludes today's episode. We appreciate you taking the time to tune in. It's always a highlight to have such remarkable guests on the show. Keith truly is an inspiration in the world of martial arts. We hope to keep you smiling in another fun episode coming up next. Enjoy the rest of your day to the fullest. Me and Chris will be seeing you guys next time. Until then, have fun, stay safe, and stay flawless.